Hey there, welcome to another edition of the Live Wire House Party. I'm Luke Burbank. At my house in Bellingham, Washington, we have got a great show for you this week. Uh, we're going to be talking about family uh, with one of, I think, the funniest people on planet Earth, Maria Bamford, who has a new Audible original. It's called You Are a Comedy Special. And in it, she says she can teach anyone how to do their own hour of stand-up comedy by the end. Um, and I actually think it kind of works. Then, speaking of stand-up comedy, we're actually going to have some from Livewire favorite Nori Davis. Plus, we got music from Brandy Clark, and we ask you, the Livewire audience, what misconception does your family have about your life? So gather them around the radio so they can hear your answer and stop misconceiving you. Stick around. The Livewire house party gets started right after this. I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts. This episode of LiveWire is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, and then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hey, Elena. Hey there, Luca Palooza. <laughs> Luca Palooza, or is it Lollapalooza? Well, I think I think Lollapalooza trips off the tongue. Who thought I would miss giant music festivals where you stand around <laughs> in the dust paying nine dollars for beer? But I would I would cross a, a, a desert to go to a Lollapalooza right now. Anywhere where you could just get together with a bunch of people. Who would headline Lollapalooza? Uh, probably Wilco, mm. as 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 heard on this very Livewire house party. Get the flaming lips on there, oh, too, yeah. if possible. How about for you? Who would uh, headline Elena Palooza? The Riverbottom Nightmare Band from Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. That was going to be my third yeah. guess. <laughs> that's that's called Laner Palooza. Laner Palooza? Laner Palooza. I love it. <laughs> hey, are you ready to do Livewire Palooza here, i.e. the Livewire house party? Sure, let's do it. Hey, Molly, are we recording? Yeah, as long as you're not Coachella. Oh. <laughs> here we go. Uh, Elena, take it away. From PRX, it's Livewire. Recorded from our actual houses, welcome to the Livewire House Party. This week with comedians Maria Bamford and Nori Davis, plus music from Brandy Clark. I'm your announcer, Elena Passarello, and now, live and direct from a small room just off his kitchen, the host of Livewire, Luke Burbank. Oh, thank you so much, Elena Passarello. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We have a really 
fun show in store for you this week. Of course, as we do each week, we asked the Livewire audience a question, which folks have been responding to via social media. The question was, what misconception does your family have about your life? A lot of Maria Bamford's work is about her relationship with her family. It seemed topical this week. Um, Elena, what misconception does your family have about your life? Uh, Certain members of my family think that I am about 40 years younger than I actually am. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning you're basically a toddler? Yes. Like uh, the things that I did and liked when I lived with my mother, uh, sometimes I think she thinks that they still apply to my adult life. Like uh, I <laughs> I told her once a couple years ago that I had a business trip to New Orleans and she said, oh, you hate New Orleans. I was like, what? what? She was like, you wouldn't get out of your stroller. I took you to the zoo. <laughs> And your favorite animal was the squirrels. <laughs> like she thinks my favorite food is like tapioca pudding, you know. <laughs> uh, basically like the day that you moved out, your sort of evolution as a human stopped in her mind. Yeah, and if I have to be fair, I'm sure that that's a little bit double-sided. Yeah. And you know, I haven't lived in my mother's house since 1997 and I'm sure she's grown and changed as a person, but I still think she watches Oprah at 4 p.m. every day. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, because our our adult parents are also evolving in their life like you know, when I lived at home, my dad didn't like to make Lord of the Rings weaponry as a hobby. What? But he now, oh, my. <laughs> he, it's, it's, it's all safe. It's like non-functional. But he'll like see a cool sword uh, on, on a Lord of the Rings uh, movie. And, and I'll come over to my dad's house and he'll say, check this out. And I'll go, what's that? And he'll go, Legolas's bow. <laughs> like, this is what you've been doing with your time. Okay. That's charming. Um, I think that my family's biggest misconception about me is that I really, really need to have all the attention on me all the time Ah. and that there's nothing that brings me more joy than to be performing for the family because I was kind of like that as a little kid, but I think as a result maybe of having this job, I'm sort of performed out by by the end of the week and I'm very happy to blend into the background of family events. But if there's ever anything that needs emceeing, if there's a wedding first dance that needs to be announced, if there's anything like that, it's like, oh, Luke would love to do this. In fact, some of my aunts in Philly, they think I'm a DJ. They ask me, <laughs> How you, how's your DJing? That's like, I'm, I try to explain it, but then it's just like not worth it. I have another aunt, my Aunt Mary Lou, who only recently stopped asking me to perform stand-up comedy Ooh. at family events. Well, that just sounds well, fun. You should say yes. I mean, I get, I have no material. Maybe once I've finished Maria Bamford's new Audible project, I'll actually right. know how to do stand-up. But it's like, I, I think that my family thinks I'm actually more of a ham. yeah. Than I am anymore at 44 years of age in the midst of a pandemic. (laughs) Hey, what's the Livewire audience saying are some misconceptions that their families have about their lives? Oh, here's one from Jamie. Uh, Jamie's family's misconception is that I appreciate links to random YouTube videos without any explanation. (laughs) (laughs) That's like the new version of like when you were just out of the house and your parents, typically your mom would send you magazine articles that were cut out about something dangerous happening in your town. Yes. Like watch out for this. That just forwarding a YouTube link is like the new version of that. I miss that so much. I would like open an envelope and it would be packages of instant grits and like a Louis Grizzard column from the newspaper, <laughs> or Dave Barry, who would be syndicated right. where I went to school. Uh, I find those much more charming. <laughs> uh, what else? 
Here's one from Georgia. Georgia says, my children think I love playing hide and go seek with them, but most of the time I just want some damn peace. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When I was a young parent, I I worked in morning radio, so I had to get up at like three in the morning and I picked my kid up from half day kindergarten uh-huh. and she would watch Powerpuff Girls. I would lie on the couch. She would watch Powerpuff Girls and she would jump up and down on my stomach and I would sleep through the entire thing. <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> no, that's how tired I was. Like, and if I would have had the wherewithal, I would have probably been playing hide and go seek. Okay. Daddy's going to hide in the bedroom in <laughs> bed with his eyes closed for one to two hours, please. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, let's invite our first guest over to the live warehouse party. She's one of my uh, absolute favorite comedians of all time. I have been following her uh, forever. And now she has this new audible original out, which is called you are a comedy special, uh, which will actually teach you how to do your own stand-up comedy hour of performance by the time you're done listening. And it is really funny and actually very practical. Mm-hmm. I think you and I both noted this, Elena. Yeah. Uh, Maria Bamford, welcome to the Live Wire House Party. Woo! Yay! Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Um, uh, I've been a fan of yours forever since I saw you in Comedians of Comedy and uh, have always wanted to have you on the show. And now you're here. Uh, it only took a global pandemic, but it worked out. Dreams do come true every day, every minute. If you just put something on your vision board, yes. cut out a, a, from a magazine something that you want. Sometimes it comes true in a way that you could never, you know, it's kind of confusing. Um, I I have a, a picture of a, a Bentley, a white Bentley on my, no, I don't. <laughs> I was going to say, that feels very off-brand for you as far as I understand what motivates yeah. you in life. A black Bentley now, that seems a Wait little more a your minute. speed. <laughs> <laughs> um, Elena and I were both completely in love with this Audible original that uh, you just released. But I actually, if we can, because like the pandemic is on everyone's mind always, if we could start uh, a few months ago, you were one of the first comedians that I saw um, actually doing like Zoom comedy from home. And it was actually so great. It really worked because you would leave one person on laughing. So there was a little sound. And your husband, who I didn't know to be a comedian, would kind of be like your opener. Yes. That that feels like uh, you're really putting some potential pressure on the relationship because like if he bombs, do you tell him? Well, let me ask you this. What is bombing? <laughs> what is bombing? And I'd say forty percent of this show each week. It's a it's a deep misunderstanding, and in that, isn't there intrigue mm-hmm, uh-huh, and mm-hmm. therefore entertainment mm-hmm. and I a was possibility of laughter? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is the lack of laughter not also funny? <laughs> do you do you like doing comedy in that format? Because one of the things that you 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 talk about a lot in this new Audible exclusive of yours is like how many parts of being a stand-up comedian don't really come natural to you or are not things that are fun for you. And and here you are, you can do comedy like from your house. You're in Minnesota right now. Um, is it somehow a little better that way, or do you miss the live crowd stuff? Yeah, I think. My friend Jackie Haitian, uh, mm-hmm. comedian, says uh, all comedians are fighting a wind of autism and um, <laughs> just shouting out into the ether. And uh, yeah, 
I love the controlled environment. So Zoom is beautiful for me. It's like I'm amplified. Um, I can <laughs> mute you. You can mm-hmm. mute me. Uh, I do miss live audiences and seeing people. Obviously, I love I love being after the show, selling merch, and you get to give everybody a hug, get and receive mm. a shoulder-based hug. Mm-hmm. And I mean, as I'm sure it's been said many billions of times, Zoom is it's different. You're staring at a screen and, and it's not um, that wonderful thing where you see a human face right, uh, right close up to you, um, perhaps even spitting on you. <laughs> Weren't those good times? I miss the spit. The spit. I miss the expectoration. The, the time when you didn't have to gauge how loudly is this person talking and what effect does that have on droplets? <laughs> but yeah, there's this whole new kind of calculation that, that we're doing. Can I just say, Maria, that this, uh, this, this new Audible exclusive of yours, it's, I think it might be, and maybe we're not allowed to call it an audio book. Maybe that's not how Audible does. It's called an Audible original, Luke. It, it's my favorite <laughs> audio book I've okay. ever listened to in my life. You are the perfect person to listen to in this format. Yeah. It was like one of those audio things where like the book is read by myriad actors like George Mm -hmm. Saunders, Lincoln and the Bardo, but it was just one person. How affordable. Yes. And it's what exactly what I wanted. Like, they're like, do you want to hire it? I'm like, no, (laughs) I want to do everything myself, which is also my favorite thing about Zoom or at, at that, I do like that about creative stuff of like where you just have to do everything you can with what you have. Uh, so mm-hmm. that is my favorite uh, option. Stand up again. You know, all you need, maybe you need a microphone and a light, but <laughs> really, probably all you need is uh, 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 your hands cupped and um, uh, a sense of entitlement. Um. (laughs) that's one of the big takeaways though from this new uh audible original that you have out maria is because the premise is you're going to basically equip someone to do their own stand-up comedy special by the time they're done listening and a lot of the advice that you're giving is just whatever you're doing start calling it stand-up comedy (laughs) If, if there's not a place to perform go find a place like you know like this it's it you really break it down to this very uh, kind of practical level that I actually thought is going to encourage a lot of people and help a lot of people really do this. It's really fun. It's free. It's um, so much like a support group, but tons more entertaining. <laughs> and uh, and you can get sometimes get drinks ordered to your table. Um, but in times of COVID, yeah, it's like I, I belong to a lot of 12-step groups. It's like a 12-step group but with punchlines comedy (laughs) are shouting out their perception of the universe uh, to you. You know, you can be interested or not related to take a break, go to the bathroom, get a cup of coffee. Um, But it's a, it's, I, 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 it's such a beautiful art form for casting yourself in every role. I, I learned though, from the audible original, how often a comedian seeks other folks you had these great suggestions uh, to good, oh good. <laughs> to like run the comedy by somebody that you find on Twitter or go find somebody who needs some help and help them and have them tell you stories. And it's not the myth of the person with the notebook kind of alone figuring it out and then then just sort of exploding it. It's It seems so collective. 
Yeah, and maybe some people have that exp I know I was very isolated when I started, and that was part of the thing I really enjoyed about stand-up was I had um, an OCD issue where I just didn't want to be around people. And so it was very comfortable to prepare everything by myself, show up by myself, do the thing, get the EA team, and then leave. Okay. And then as I've gotten older, um, it has become more necessary and desirable for me to coordinate and connect with other other comedians and made it made it more meaningful uh to me because I think also I think I had the fantasy I think I'm sure you guys relate with this wonderful uh radio show of when the fame and fortune come in then I'll feel complete Mm -hmm. uh we own our house outright and yet I still feel empty. <laughs> what? So, um, yeah, so trying to, to create some meaning and community, I think, within uh, doing the art form as well is good mm-hmm. for me. Well, speaking of paying off my house, uh, we need to take a quick break. Uh, this is Livewire from PRX. I'm Luke Burbank here with Elena Passarella, and we're talking to Maria Bamford. Her new Audible original is You Are a Comedy Special. Stay with us. Hey, Elena. Hey, Luke. I didn't see you there. It's that time of year again. My seasonal allergies are back. Oh, congratulations. But also, it's our spring member drive, which is happening right now through May 17th. Oh, I like that much more than seasonal allergies. Yeah, if you are not yet a member of Livewire's League of Extraordinary Listeners, well, now is the time to do it. Why? Well, because this League of Extraordinary Listeners... Uh, is what keeps the lights on over at Livewire Inc., uh, which is definitely not the association that we are part of. I'm probably a 501c3. They don't let me near any of the paperwork mm-hmm. or bookkeeping, and it's really better that way. Yes. Point is, we we are only able to keep doing this show because of support from our members, and we would love it if you could join us in that right now. Plus, there are all kinds of sweet perks, including... Uh, special discounted tickets to live recordings, on-air shout-outs, exclusive content. Uh, and, Elena, uh, one more thing that, of course, we would not be a self-respecting public radio show if we didn't offer this. If we didn't offer the most iconic public radio swag of all time, a tote bag. True iconic status. Yeah, but it's not just any tote bag. This is like a really good tote bag. It's got a second zipper, an internal zipper. Yes, whatever you want to put in the tote bag, that's your business, Okay. What we're mm-hmm. here to talk about is you keeping LiveWire going. So head on over to LiveWireRadio.org to see the various member levels. It does not matter how much you are giving every month to LiveWire. It just matters that you do it because it goes a long way for us. So thank you. Welcome back to the LiveWire House Party from PRX. I'm Luke Burbank here with Elena Passarella. We're talking to Maria Bamford. Uh, she has a new Audible exclusive out. It's called You Are a, a Comedy Special. Um you were talking in this book about how a lot of times things that other people find fun, it doesn't naturally feel fun to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious, what is fun to you? What, when are you feeling your best? Is it just like in bed with zero pressure? Like what feels good to you, Maria Bamford? <laughs> oh my God. Well, I love the relief of having done something. Uh-huh. I love that. The joie of that. I love, um, <laughs> Being with my family, 
I love walking long distances while listening to 12-step groups on the phone. Um, Like, wait, calling into a 12-step group like you're on speakerphone? Oh, it is prime time Zoom, people. If you've ever wanted to go to a Sex Love Addicts Anonymous meeting or a Clutters Anonymous meeting or a a Nicotine Anonymous meeting trying to get smober. Smoker. Well, yeah, no. worrying about losing your smobriety. <laughs> yeah, I, I love those videos. I mean, I just, I, I love them so much. And I'm not in those particular groups. But I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, they're so fantastic. Did you um, really, because you talk about this in this book, you sometimes, if you were feeling lonely or maybe trying to work out material, you would just call the operator. Is that a real thing that happened? I've definitely done that. And I do advocate, like, lower the bar for the kind of help that you need. And and I see my friend, again, Jackie Cation does, mm-hmm. <laughs> she goes, mumble in any direction, <laughs> you'll make friends. <laughs> like, let's not try to meet the best teacher or mm-hmm. get some coach or no, 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 no. Just call Domino's. Is anyone around? <laughs> like, I mean, do something um, attainable um, in terms, and in terms of, yeah, I've definitely done that for mental health. I, I called mm-hmm. an operator and said, uh, I'm flunking out of college. Uh, would you still love somebody who's flunking out? And the guy took it a second and said, yeah, I think I would. Thank you, AT&T. <laughs> I have a very complicated relationship with my neighborhood Domino's. I will sometimes order four or five times a week, but I refuse to join the piece of the pie club, which is the rewards thing, because that's like a bridge too far for me. <laughs> Maybe I need to just surrender to the reality of my life during quarantine. Well, you just don't know what people have within them that they uh-huh. could really yeah. you could give them a chance to help out. Like, uh, uh, I'm, I'm doing this other show, September 26th. It's a rushticks.com sh- uh, live show where it's called Help Me, Help You, Help Me. I'm a 50-year-old <laughs> white woman who's ultimately useless. <laughs> but I need to feel like I'm helping. But I may harm you. So just FYI, <laughs> full caveat. But sometimes... Bad help can kind of push you mm-hmm. to get real help. Mm-hmm. So if I can be a part of that, um, and then so so people provide me problems, I'll provide them with a problem, uh, and then we'll help each other. And um, uh, it'll be about fifteen bucks to go to that. So that's less than most coke pays. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is the Livewire House Party. We are talking to Maria Bamford. Her new Audible original is You Are a Comedy Special. And it's such a genius idea because it really takes you through the steps like if you want to to try to do a stand-up special. And this must be something that people approach you all the time after the show and like Mm -hmm. ask for advice on how to do it. Is that kind of the genesis of this project? Well, yeah, yeah. And I I mean, I think there's, I've been helped so much by uh, other books about writing and creativity, like uh, The Artist's Way. I love that Mm -hmm. book. Love Mm -hmm. it. Love it. I'm not, I have a harder time with the spiritual stuff in it, but I'm down. I can't remember who said this, but some writer, you know, said, oh, how do you, how do you write? And they're like, just don't not write. Right. Right. (laughs) And I think like my feeling is just poop it out. Like the whole thing that stops people is like, oh, it's got to be amazing. Really? Why? Right. Um, Mm -hmm. What if it's a piece of That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Uh, You created a full hour length piece of (laughs) <laughs> That's, oh my God. And, and number one, who said that? 
awesome online controversy. You get that's going to get you a lot of fans. You're already a star. <laughs> I, I don't know if if it brings you joy to make something and it's kept you off the pipe, kept you off the pole for a mm-hmm. couple of months. Then awesome. Now you have to give the caveat though that you give on in the book. Of course, being on the pole isn't necessarily an insult, right? You say oh, that in no, the book. Oh no, 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 no. And right. if you want to be on the pole, I mean that and I have to say I have seen some very sex positive comedy and I think that is definitely uh at least I haven't seen I I'm also living in a cave, but I haven't seen <laughs> fully explored. I welcome mm-hmm. it. I think it doesn't matter, too, if you're working on your next amazing artistic pole dance or you're writing a book or you're writing a comedy special. I think the approach that this Audible original takes could kind of translate to lots of different artists. And I think the thing that it does uniquely that I found really sustaining because I'm working on a creative project and I was like, oh, thank God when I was listening to you was you admit as an artist that you don't want to do it. Like, <laughs> you never, know what I mean? <laughs> I never want to do anything. I never, I am definitely like, like when I read, I, I read um, Big Magic, which is a beautiful book by Elizabeth Gilder. Yeah. But I really had a hard time relating of like, oh, I right. lose myself in the typewriter. And I'm sometimes I'm on a laptop in an airport and I just can't wait to get back to like, oh, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> Like I've got a bookend five minute segments of me doing a five, like call two friends, yeah. you know, to try to get myself to do something to it, which is embarrassing, but, um, why not? I got friends. Um, one of the things, Maria, that you've been really open about in your work and your comedy is your some of the mental health struggles that you've had. I'm just curious, um, and I know that you're dealing with some family health stuff right now, which I would imagine is is really hard. But like, how are you overall kind of doing during the pandemic uh, as compared to the before times? I mean, are you doing okay? You know, I, I'm just staying on the meds. I got on mood stabilizers about 10 years ago, finally willing to take something where I would, um, I was very afraid of taking something where it seemed like I was crazy and that, um, I worried it would slow my brain and, uh, I would gain weight and get a tremor. Guess what? All three happened and I'm fine. (laughs) Uh, I was able to do a TV show. Who cares? Um, so yeah, as long as I stay on my meds and, um, you know, have the support that I, I get tons of support. Like I, again, I go to three different 12 step groups. Um, I cannot tell you which ones cause it's a secret. It's a cult. And, um, <laughs> By the way, 12 step groups do not escape unscathed from this new audible, oh, no. uh, original oh. of yours. <laughs> like some of the choicest burns are leveled at the 12 step movement. It makes me so mad that I can't tell you which ones I'm in. Um, can I guess if I just start naming them, are you allowed oh. to, are you allowed to wink over zoom? Oh, I could wink. I'll, I'll wink. Yeah. Yeah, guess one. Dog Groomers Anonymous. Is that <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's the- not a problem. Oh. That's a sign of recovery. Dog Over Groomers <laughs> Anonymous. <laughs> She's winking. Oh, okay. Trickle Tillomania Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, but that might dogs. be a thing. Um, <laughs> I have had Trickle Tillomania. Oh. Uh, that's where you pull your hairs out of your skin. Yeah. Oh, nothing more satisfying. It's like pulling weeds, but it's your armpit hair. <laughs> um, and it's a clock eater. Um, anyways. Uh, <laughs> 
So you're you're on your meds and you're able to attend your groups virtually. So do you feel like you're in an okay-ish place? Yeah, okay-ish. Yeah, my mom has uh, my mom, my dear dear mother, mm. who I've done many impersonations of, um, and she is so hilarious. But she, you know, I think is in the uh, late stages of uh, stage four lung cancer, and mm. um, that doesn't keep her from shopping. Uh, and I, I just, I just want to be around long enough for those crate and barrels, I, pillows I special ordered to come in. And she's not wrong; they're cute, and they're sunbrella fabric. Oh, sunbrella, yeah, oh, that's good. That's they quality. Pop mm-hmm. with the lilac bush. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, we were talking a little bit before we started recording, Maria, that, you know, I think a lot of your fans, like myself, feel like we kind of know your mom because mm-hmm. yes. she's a big part of your act. And and I would imagine that a lot of people are, are really concerned for her and, again, feel a connection to her just from seeing you. Yeah, she is uh, – she's the best. Mm-hmm. She is the best. And uh, I hope, my dearest hope – is that, which I'm sure is already happening, is that I slowly bleed into my mom impersonation uh, for the rest of my life, uh, that I just become her. Cause she's, she's an awesome lady. She's just always, she's just excited about life. Like we were talking before the show about like, for someone who enjoys living so much, like I should be the one in her place. Like <laughs> I've been such a jackass about existence for so long. And she's just, just delighted. Like customer service calls. She'll, so, okay. So now you're in Punjab. Okay. Now let me see here. And then like a half hour later into talking to someone about her Apple phone, you know, she'll, so listen, I think I know your cousin. No, <laughs> is is it Axel? I know that's the name of the robot dog from the film, but <laughs> right? Uh, listen, I would love to stay on the phone with you, but my husband's in the other room and he's, I'm driving him crazy. <laughs> she just always finds connections with people and um, she's, she's really uh, the best. Well, Maria, we're thinking of you and your family Thank and you really so appreciate you Thank talking you. to us this week on the show. And and really, to anybody who is interested in getting into stand-up comedy or just interested in getting into the mind of Maria Bamford and what <laughs> your creative process is, this, this new Audible thing, You Are a Comedy Special, is just a delight. And it's a great time to start doing stand-up. Zoom <laughs> is the perfect, like, right. you can control your audience perfectly. Only invite people who uh, you love, who will laugh, or invite no one at all. Just get on the Zoom link by yourself and laugh to your heart's content. Uh, that's what I'm going to do right when we're done recording this show. You, that's that's how I spend my weekend. So, Maria Bamford, thank you so much for being on the Live Wire House Party. Thank you for having me. Thank you. That was Maria Bamford. Her new Audible original is You Are a Comedy Special, and you can get tickets for Maria's live streaming show, which is called Help Me Help You Help Me at RushTix.com. This is the Livewire House Party coming to you from PRX. I'm Luke Burbank here with Elena Passarello and all of you out there in Livewire listener land. Of course, we ask you a question each week and we love to get those responses via social media. This week, the question was, what misconception does your family have about you or your life? Um, and people sent in their answers. That Elena, what are the Livewire listeners telling us? This is a very 
scandalous one from Kathy. All right. I'm, I'm all ears. Kathy says, my wife thinks I'm a great cook, but what she doesn't know is that I pick up takeout prior to my designated night to cook, plate it, and discard the cartons before she gets home from work. <gasps> that is, that's sketchy. That is subterfuge. That's marital subterfuge. The big question would be if this listener, her name was Kathy. Uh-huh. If Kathy ever actually overtly or directly lies about the origin of the food or if she just uh, lies by omission. Because right. I'm all about lying by omission. Oh, yeah? How do you think, <laughs> how do you think I got this job? <laughs> as far as they knew, I had been hosting radio shows for years right. when they hired me. <laughs> so, like, if your partner comes home and they're enjoying the food and you just don't mention that you picked it up from takeout, I don't think that's the end of the world. But as soon as you start actively mm-hmm. lying about making it, the problem there is, like any lie, it starts to become more complicated. Mm-hmm. Like, years ago, I checked into a hotel with my daughter, and I there's that little thing in the reservation where you can tell them how you'd like to be addressed. Mm -hmm. And I went with Dr. Burbank because I just thought maybe they would like upgrade me like, Hey, it's a doctor. (laughs) And then when I got there, they said, what kind of doctor are you? And I said, brain doctor. (laughs) And I spent the entire weekend terrified. There was going to be a medical emergency, a brain emergency (laughs) of any kind. And they were going to go call Dr. Burbank in room 611. It was so not worth it. That's the problem with lying. So I hope that this listener is keeping the lie relatively contained because that'll ruin a nice family meal, the stress that you're going to be found out. I love that you said that you were a brain doctor because, you know, every brain doctor, that's exactly how he refers to himself. If you could have seen the look on my daughter's face, who was old enough at this point, 10 or 11, she would have heard if her dad had been moonlighting as a brain doctor. (laughs) She looked like that was the first, but not the last, just deep disappointment I saw in her eyes. What what other misconceptions do the uh, Livewire listeners think their families have about them? Well, speaking of professions, here's one from Toa. Toa says, my family thinks that working at a university means that I have my summers off. I will tell you, Working with you, Elena, because you're also a professor at Oregon State University. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the myth of the kind of somewhat relaxed tenure track professor's life that I have been uh, disabused of that notion mm. just by watching how much stuff you're doing, even in the summertime. It's not just college professors. I think it's teachers too, mm-hmm. especially with what's going on with the pandemic now. But yeah. my family totally thinks that I, you know, I've got a pina colada in my hand. All really? summer long, yeah. Which you know, I mean, you can you can be a professor while drinking a pina colada, so they're not wrong. Um, okay, one more. Okay, here's one from Melissa. My dog thinks I was placed in his life to be his personal belly rubber. I would say that's probably not a misconception because my guess is that this listener is the personal belly rubber <laughs> of the dog. So who's maybe the person's misconception is that they were not put in this world right. to rub the dog's belly. What better purpose in life could there be than to just rub a dog's belly? I can't think of one. Right? Um, hey, we just talked a bunch about stand-up comedy with Maria Bamford, so it seems only appropriate that we would hear some actual stand-up comedy from Nori Davis. Uh, he's appeared on Last Week Tonight, also on Conan. Uh, And he's got an Amazon special called You Guys Are Dope, which is out now, along with uh, his comedy album, which is called Too Woke. Take a listen to this. It's the very funny Nori Davis recorded in February of last year at the Alberta Rose Theater in Portland. All right. Hey. All right. How you guys doing? 
Cool. All right, yeah, I uh, got a chance to uh, see my brother over the holidays. Love my brother, he's transgender. He transitioned from a woman to a man years ago. And uh, he's very happy with his body. And I'm very happy that he's happy with his body. I love him very much. He's so happy with his body, he loves to brag to me now. He'll come up to me and say, look, man, I got more facial hair than you. I got more armpit hair than you. I didn't know he transitioned into a jerk. Like, I get it, but you don't have to flex on me, you know? Feels bad. You know, it felt like it feels like at the end of The Little Mermaid, like the mermaids are like, what's up, Ariel? And she's like, oh, y'all still got flippers? <laughs> <laughs> we just wanted to say hi. I got sneakers. <laughs> All right, girl, look, we just want to tell you, visit your father whenever you can, girl. Bye. Ariel's horrible. <laughs> I'm not going back up there. She gonna act like that. <laughs> my mother, man, I love my mom. She just retired 35 years as a public school teacher. Any teachers out there, shouts out to you. Uh, yeah, there you go. You deserve it. Yeah, I really got a chance to see the contrast, man, when my mother retired as a public school teacher. like. Versus like an NBA player, when they retire, you know, their jerseys in the rafters, and it's like, I had a good career, thank you, good night. But when the teacher retires, they're just like, I'm done. <laughs> Do you want a party? No! <laughs> this never happened. <laughs> I don't care about those kids. Like, oh. Lord, you're so jaded. I get why they're jaded, but man, I really feel like teachers are celebrities, but we don't treat them as such, you know? They are, they really shaped and molded our lives. Cause like, that's why we're here today. We remember our first grade teacher, our second grade teacher. They, you know how they celebrities, you remember you was little, you seen your teacher out in public, you freak out. You're like, Mr. Burner, what you doing outside with shorts on? Why you got your ankles out, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just going to the beach. No, you live in school. I ain't never see you outside. What you doing outside? <laughs> I never thought they had their own life. I thought when I was little after school, my teacher just go back into the cubby and recharge. <laughs> it's 8.30. How you doing, class? Oh, I knew you was back there. He never leaves. <laughs> yeah, they're celebrities. They don't treat them as such. Like my mom, she's a local celebrity. I'll take her to the movies just to hang out and every time she'll run into some grown ass man that she taught in second grade and he can't contain himself. Yo, Miss Davis, you remember me? <laughs> you remember me? That's my second grade teacher. You remember me? It's me. <laughs> and my mother acts like a celebrity that doesn't want to be bothered. <laughs> Hello, Trey. How are you, Trey? That boy can't read for nothing. <laughs> hey, baby, how you doing? What, mom, what are you talking about? Yeah, I would have left him back, but his mama too ratchet. Hi, ah, yeah, baby. <laughs> I'll see you later. <laughs> 
Yo, Miss Davis, let me get an autograph. No, baby, you can't read. I remember. That's all right. Me and, uh, me and my fiance have a cat. Well, it's her cat. And I'm happy that her cat likes me. Uh, I'm honored. Because <laughs> cats don't really mess with people. Like they, like, they pick you. You don't pick them. Like, her name is Libby. Every time I would pet her, she would move out the way and go, <laughs> we'll circle back. Stop being thirsty. <laughs> oh, that's Libby, man. Only Libby. Libby always makes me feel like I'm Anne Hathaway and she's Meryl Streep from The Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> Hi, Libby. Why is the cat food not ready? It isn't ready. Here it is. <laughs> That'll be all. <laughs> and my brother has a, has a pit bull. Name is Frisky, adopted. I mean, what I, I, I enjoy about adopting animals, man, because like Libby's adopted also. I always love how you can see the uh, appreciation on their face, but you can see the trauma behind their eyes. Like their face is always like, thank you so much. You don't know what I've been through. <laughs> and I always want to know their story. I always want to know their story. Like, I really wish we had the ability to pour a little whiskey in their water. <laughs> then they drink the water, then grab a cigarette, sit on the couch, and go, I'll tell you my story. <laughs> you call me Libby. That's not my name. <laughs> my name is Trey. I'm a male cat, but I'm very happy to be here. You guys are dope, man. Thank you so much. I'm Nori Davis. Have a good night, y'all. Thank you so much. That Thank is you. Nori Davis right there. That was comedian Nori Davis recorded at the Alberta Rose Theater back in February of last year. And Nori's actually got a new album out, Elena. It's called Live from the Comedy Trap House, and he recorded it entirely on Zoom. <gasps> Ooh. And I was listening to some excerpts of it recently, and it's actually really good. No surprise there. He is a pro. I still yeah. think about some of the jokes that he told <laughs> laugh. <laughs> you know, when we started this like house party model for the show, I was kind of wondering if it was going to be weird to use some audio that we'd recorded in front of a crowd. Like, I didn't know if it'd be, I don't know, confusing to the listeners, but I actually find it kind of comforting. Yes. To, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, oh, yeah, that was what it was like. We were all in the same room and someone was telling funny jokes. It's very soothing. Sometimes I just go yeah. like this to myself. <sighs> yeah. That's why I keep this thing around. So, That's like, right. if I tell a funny joke... Like I'm at the Alberta Rose Theater. Uh, this is the Livewire House Party. I'm Luke Burbank. That's Elena Passarella. We have to take a very quick break, but don't go anywhere because when we come back, uh, we're going to chat with Brandy Clark and also hear some really amazing music. So stay with us. This is Livewire. Special thanks this episode to Amanda Bird of Seattle, Washington, and Monica Ellenboss of Green Cove Springs, Florida. Amanda and Monica are part of the Livewire member community. 
They generously support our show with a donation each month, and we are very thankful for that support because it is genuinely how we are able to keep doing the show. So thank you so much, Amanda and Monica. Livewire is thrilled to be partnering with Portland's own Portal Tea this season. Formerly known as Tea Chai Tay, Portal Tea is the premier tea company in the Pacific Northwest. They make one-of-a-kind handcrafted tea blends like cinnamon churro chai and blueberry cream Earl Grey. Use the code LIVEWIRE, all lowercase, for 20% off at portaltea.co. Welcome back to the Livewire House Party from PRX. I'm Luke Burbank here with Elena Passarello. Our musical guest this week is a singer-songwriter of the country music variety. And you may not know her name, but you definitely have heard her songs. They've been recorded by Sheryl Crow, Reba McIntyre, Leanne Rimes, many others. Um, she's been nominated for a Grammy. And she's a heck of a singer all on her own. She's got a new album out. It's called Your Life is a record. Uh, let's dial her up from LA. Brandy Clark, welcome to the Livewire House Party. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, are you feeling uh, more or less like creative during the pandemic? You know, it goes in waves. And I've and what I've done is I've forced myself to be creative and I've had a few projects that have forced me to stay creative. Um, when I feel creative, I feel real creative. And when I don't, mm. I feel like I'm never going to write a song again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> There's no in between. I, I think that's fairly typical. I think a lot of us have, whether we work in the sort of creative endeavors or not, it's just like one day you just feel like I got this, I can take on the world mm-hmm. and you just do like a million projects. And then it's like two days where you're just struggling to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. Yes. And also to me, what helps with creativity and since I can't necessarily do it by going somewhere, movement helps. Mm-hmm, like getting mm-hmm. in a car and driving. I, I mean, I can do that. But I can't go to a Target and walk around, which is always inspiring to me. <laughs> and so, yeah. I mean, it really Those is. Those are words you, can, you rarely hear. Good for you. That's awesome. Yeah. There's something about it. I don't know. Yeah. I think, you know, I think part of it is, I mean, I love a bookstore too, but bookstores can be overwhelming and I can mm-hmm. pick out a lot of books that aren't great because the cover intrigues me. A Target's already <laughs> narrowed it down. You yeah. Know, like, you kind of know what you're getting. And less words. So if you're trying to write yes. lyrics, you don't want to go to a place that's full of words. You want to go to a place that's full of like images and sort so of. So true. Yeah. That makes sense. Aren't you doing this YouTube show? I saw you had yes. Reba on. Yes. So that started out, my album came out right before all this stopped. And um, so I had to pivot really quick and figure out a way to promote an album, you know, give fans a little bit of what they would get on the road. So I started doing this this series called You Can't Come Over, but You Can Come In. Because I have a song called You Can Come Over, But You Can't Come In. Yeah. And so it started, I, I invited friends of mine, um, a lot of friends that were also releasing records right about the time that, that the pandemic hit. Um, what it's really become is me interviewing people who they inspire me or, you know, love what they do. Um, the only time I really play now is if I get somebody on there that doesn't sing. 
I'll play mm. a few of their songs at the beginning. But I might go back to the playing because that was fun. Not that I need to work this out on the house party show. <laughs> oh, that's fine. You know what? Yeah. That's, that's great. Consider this uh, like a, a workshop. It's an incubator. We can, just, we can yeah. do some blue skying. Just throw <laughs> throw up the flagpole, see if it catches wind. Yes. Um, this is the Livewire House Party. I'm Luke Burbank uh, with Elena Passarella. We're talking to Brandy Clark. Her latest album is Your Life is a Record. You're a performer, but you're also a really successful songwriter. Mm-hmm. I've always thought this is such an interesting thing, particularly in a place like Nashville, where there's so many people writing songs. How does it even work as a job? You write a song and are you thinking, oh, this might be good for Reba McIntyre? Or are you just writing a song and then whoever likes it, likes it? I've tried doing it the way you you just said. It never works for me that way. I have to really just write what's in the room. Mm. You know, I tried for years to write songs for Leanne Womack, mm. and mm. she never recorded any of my students. <laughs> At this point, maybe maybe in the future. So far. Yeah. So far, she has Leanne, recorded. if you're listening, <laughs> yes. give him a second listen. Leanne, please. Um, she'd be a dream for me to hear sing one of my songs. Um, but that never worked for me. You know, it always just works to just write the idea that wants to be born that day and not to try to steer it in a direction that I think will serve me or serve anybody in the room, just being, being in service of the song. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then do you uh, put some aside for yourself? Like if you write one that you just really love, do you kind of put that in your pocket and think that's for my album? Sometimes, you know, and that's another, I I believe songs end up where they should. Mm -hmm. And so I've never hung on too tight to something until the recording process starts. Like, an album is taking shape, then I'll hang on tight to songs. But before then, I feel like, like we're talking about Reba, and I've actually recorded um, a couple of songs on my own that Reba recorded. I don't, that never stops me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because it's like, okay, well, that version's out in the world. I'm going to put a different version, my version out in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never been super precious about songs because I'm going to write more. And if I feel that strongly about it, somebody else recording it's not going to keep me from also recording it. Yeah. Well, Brandy, uh, uh, I hear you're going to play a song for us. Yes. What did you have in mind? So I'm going to play, this is called Bigger Boat. Um, I wrote this, you know, my one of my favorite movies of all time is the movie Jaws. Oh. And, um, and, and that, always, that always surprises people, but it is. Um, and so I had this idea for a long time to write a song called bigger boat, um, from the scene where Roy Scheider sees the shark the first time and says, we're going to need a bigger boat. And my idea for classically the stuff of country music. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So true. Um, target and jaws. These are the main topics of Brandy Clark's. So, you know, my idea was bigger boat and let's talk about the state of, of the world. Now this was before the world got real crazy. You know, it was right after the California fires and there were all these floods in in the South. And so it's kind of crazy to me how much more this, this song is more relevant every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'll play it for you. All right. This is Brandy Clark on the live wire house party. Middle is to fight the rich, get richer. 
Brandy Clark. Thank you. Here on the Livewire House Party. Again, Brandy Clark's latest album is Your Life is a Record. Look for her in a Target near you. I can't always guarantee you'll find my record there, but you might find me. Right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) All right. Thanks, Brandy. Thank you, guys. Uh, That is going to do it for our show this week. A huge thanks to our guests, Maria Bamford. Nori Davis, and Brandy Clark. Livewire is brought to you in part by Alaska Airlines and the Jupiter Hotel. Laura Haddon is our executive producer. Heather D. Michelle is our executive director. Tim Harkins is our production director. Our producer and editor is Melanie Sepchenko. Amy McCormick is our development director. And Ariana Donneville is our marketing associate. Caitlin Kunkel is our writer. Our house band is Sam Tucker, Ethan Fox Tucker, and A. Walker Spring, who also composed our music. Molly Pettit is our technical director and mixed this episode along with Corey Schreppel. Our house sound is by D. Neil Blake. 
Additional funding provided by the Oregon Cultural Trust and the James F. and Marion L. Miller Foundation. Livewire was created by Robin Tenenbaum and Kate Sokoloff. This week, we'd like to thank member Nancy Benway of Vancouver, Washington. For more information about our show or how you can listen to our podcast, head on over to livewireradio.org. I'm Luke Burbank for Elena Passarello and the whole Livewire crew. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Livewire. When we first met, I was really shy. I had no idea we'd spend so much time together or that you'd be one to fill my heart with, with joy and make me want to be a better person. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were here. I was busy reading a review from one of our many, many rapturously smitten listeners. Oh, wait, actually, no, sorry. This is from Elena. Anyway, the point is, uh, it would be really helpful if you wanted to leave us a review Feel free to say really nice things about us, and uh, we'll even read them now and then on the show. So you might hear your review of Livewire read on the program itself. Uh, Reviews help other people hear about the show, and then we can keep doing this for a long, long time because we love having this job. Uh, Thank you so much if you've left a review, and if you're about to leave a review, you can go ahead and do it right where you get the podcast.